Okay, guys, welcome to this morning's Fife Property Show. It is a beautiful day today, and the thing we're going to talk about is so appropriate for the climate just now. See how I've fitted that in, climate? <laughs> I'm here all week, try the fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, trying that last night, Jim, with fish and grits. <laughs> um, temper temperature control future-proofs your home's value with our climate-proofing tips. So this is all about the 2022 heatwave, with the temperatures over 40 degrees and 2021's freeze, where the mercury dropped as low as minus 23, our homes are having to deal with its changing weather environment. Property developers have been busily installing extra insulation, uh, high performance glazing and, and comfort cooling for years as well. Building homes that stay warm in the winter and cooler in the summer uh, undoubtedly, that's the way forward. Uh, buyers are more mindful than ever of energy efficient and skyrocketing, skyrocketing bills. Uh, so it's time for our beautiful older homes to catch up and not just for evenings and weekends. The rise in remote working, Perry? Massive. We've seen a great deal of that, haven't we? Anyone inquiring nowadays is asking for home offices. So people are at home a lot when you're at yeah. home. Not so much just now because the weather's great and obviously we're in summer months, but we're coming into autumn and then it's going to go into winter. So that means you're going to have your lights on, you're going to have your heating on, you're going to be boiling that kettle more. You know, there's yeah. all these things that are additional bills, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So what does this mean in context then? I think the rise in remote working, yeah, for sure people are at their homes when it's hot, so they want to keep cool. Yeah. Um, aside from the heat causing our brains to shut down, because I was a little bit brain fried yesterday. You I saw am me. boiling in here just now. <laughs> I know it's so warm. And I dare open the blinds because if you open the blinds, it gets even hotter when the sun comes in the window. We've actually, for the first time in a long time, actually just closed all the blinds during the day for the sun um, because it is overpowering at this point in time. Eh? Absolutely. I'm having to do that as well, Jim. I mean, our home is quite a warm home when that sun's beating in it. Um, and again, if you've got young children or animals and, you know, we've got the dog, so you really need to keep, try and keep the, the heat as, well, the rooms as cool as you can. I mean, if we're roasting, imagine walking around with your fur coat on <laughs> just now, can do you I, know what I mean? So for them, it's pretty hot. Can I just for you, no shoes. <laughs> perspective on this, though. Perspective here, as the media said the other day, this is the hottest, this is the hottest time so far in 46 years. Mm. So we had just as hot 46 years ago. So that's a bit of perspective here. It's not the hottest ever on the planet, yeah. ever, in time. It's only the hottest for 46 years. So 46 mm. years ago, this was just as hot at this point in time. So a bit of perspective here. It's no the doom and gloom and the world's <laughs> falling in and we're all going to burn and go to hell tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> only one in three. <laughs> <laughs> I know who my money's on. <laughs> But then video calls have become a new part of normal. I mean, look at what we're doing here right now. Exactly. You've got three people who are using electricity, lighting, boiling kettles because we're all sitting with a cuppa. You know, yep. they, they multiply that around the globe. You know, it, definitely people are doing it more. And it has become a big part of the norm, isn't it? Um, but you might not need to dress up on Zoom, although we do. It's a good job that you can't see below camera because I've got my jammer bones on. <laughs> 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 But anyway, that's another story. Um, but yeah, Zoom, you know, 
we, we've got to be careful and you've got to be professional as well and you know although it's hot i'm not i can't sit here in my bikini do you know what i mean yeah <laughs> um i, I think whether, um, whether you want to stay cool or as a cucumber or warm as toast you need to work out how you're going to do that in your house don't you yeah yeah we might have to actually adapt a more european stance on this and have a siesta at the hottest time of the day if this is going to keep up you know in spain they down tools at about half past 11 and pick them up again at three o'clock in the afternoon and then they yeah. work on into the evening which actually a lot of our clients are more available to contact in the evening because they're working during the day so it would kind of make sense you know to so are you telling me i've got to then take time off to go to sleep <laughs> i do work in the evening anyway yeah, I know, I know. Well, I do too, but... <laughs> so I've got to go do a part-time job then. I've got to go from 160 hours a week to just 100 now. <laughs> Maybe just a wee power nap then. Yeah, a cat nap. <laughs> but, but this is what this, in all seriousness, so this is what all this uh, uh, this show is about today. It's future-proofing the home and the value and, and, and to keep it at the perfect temperature, whatever the weather is. Um, but, I mean, that's it. I mean... Probably the most low-tech solution out of this all is that the Victorians actually knew plenty about this, about the about keeping the heat out of our homes. And, and they didn't have today's technology, though, um, to help them out. So given their love for sitting upright in a heavy, formal clothing, they needed effective cooling methods to stop them actually from fainting out throughout the process. Mm -hmm. So we can certainly learn something um, from them in that. In, in that. I mean, the the... Probably, you know, Andrea, what's what's the sort of things we could learn from the Victorians? Keep a draft going through your house, natural drafts, you know, our, our high-tech, close-fitting windows and doors and no chimney flues or anything like yeah. that. You know, it's keeping a draft going through you know, helps do you know what things quite, cool. Do you know what's quite relevant? Uh, Ian talked about it yesterday when we talked about this. He said, and I says, what? goes on here what happens because we seem to solve a problem but he says yeah we do we provide the solution to a problem but then it creates another problem mm -hmm. and effectively that's what we've done we've completely draft proofed our houses and now we're talking about how to cool them down and we're now we're talking about well we've completely draft proofed them let's open the windows yeah <laughs> yeah the get rid of the condensation and cool down yeah Hello. i mean the the double hung. McFly. Yeah. Hello, McFly. <laughs> the old-fashioned yeah. sash and case windows, they were quite effective because you would open them a little bit at the bottom and a little bit at the top. So the cool air would come in at the bottom and the warm air would escape out the top. So yeah. it was keeping it a continual... It's a bit like mm. the recirculating thing in your car, bringing in the cold air. So then what do you do, though? Because we've all got top hoppers now. That's the difficulty. We don't, yeah. I mean, we've changed from traditional sash and case. Mm. I mean, how do you get mm. around that? We've just got top hoppers. You're mm. only opening a window at the top. So do you open a door somewhere in your house to accommodate that? You know, that's the sort of things we need to think about um, to cool down your house. I mean, I mm. constantly have the top hoppers uh, double locked, by the way. Anybody yeah. gets any idea. <laughs> your door will be open. <laughs> I've got them slightly open, but they're double locked. Just for you. Be aware of that. Anybody out there that's thinking about something. Um well, that is just a difficulty. Let the come in rather than just actually have trickle vents in there, just to have that to, to bring it in. And then you do, you know, now and again, you will open a door. Obviously, we have cats in our house, so you didn't want to open every single door because they'll go, Yes, the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Stay onto the bed. And probably dogs will do that as well, more than likely. They go for the best mm -hmm. room in the house. Um, so do the burglars, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so that's probably the thing. And and then things, even even drafts under your doors. I mean, we've sealed all the doors off. So do we start taking the draft excluders off the bottom of the doors? You know, yeah. every, I mean, we had the old thing about the the safe and the snake. It was your old socks and tights and everything. You know, put <laughs> under the, you know, into the snake. All the young people out there would go, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> it's like, well, we used to get a big long piece of a piece of cloth, and then just start, and then you used to stuff it with all your old socks and all your old, obviously after they've been washed, by the way, um, all your old socks and your tights and everything like that, everything mm-hmm. that wasn't used anymore, and then you just put it in front of the draft under the door, so it would just act as a draft excluder. Mm-hmm. There's another hey, money-saving tip. <laughs> <laughs> we could, we could make them with the five properties. Make your own draft excluder. They will make them out with five properties brand on them, Jim. There's a one for you. (laughs) But actually, I I use them now. So um, this is quite a warm house, as I said earlier on. So I do the kind of double lock thing with the windows as well, Jim, like you say. Um, But actually, for the winter months, I do have actually those sausage dog excluders. And you can get them on Amazon. The cheapest chips are like six quid or something. Put them away in the cupboard somewhere under the stairs for the summer months. But in the winter, it's great. But actually, you're not fixing them to your door. So at least in the summer, you can then cool the house down. So there, there is yeah. ways that you can still make that work. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's that's a useful thing to do rather than fixings all the time. Yeah. For the more highfalutin plantation blinds, Venetian blinds. Mm. I mean, you know, they look super smart in your home for the style. And they're seen as a valuable. They're actually seen as quite a valuable asset by buyers when you put plantation mm. blinds on your windows. They almost become a bit of value added to the property, whereas Venetian blinds don't. And vertical mm. blinds, well, vertical blinds are okay. They're in between, I would say. Mm. Um, and because they're hinged and hung on the frame, they don't allow the heat and the and the cool to slip around the sides either. Um, mm. So you can just adjust the louvers when you actually need to, to let the extra light in and to deflect the sun as well um, in the rays. So, you know, as, as well as the other one is when you get loads of sun coming in, sometimes it can bleach your carpet. And then yeah. bleach your furniture as well. We had that recently, didn't we, in St Andrews? You know, where mm-hmm. somebody said, put the blinds up because it was, it'll bleach the furniture. And, yeah. uh, and and lo and behold, we've actually seen that in quite a lot of places where where now that, that's been mentioned, I've, I've been it's been more visual in my mind and I've been looking out mm-hmm. for it. And it's like, wow, I never realised that. Because, you know, that constant square that comes in the window. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, you think that's worn, but it's not. It's actually bleached because of the sun. You see that yeah. in window cards as well, don't you? If you yeah. put the wrong quality of ink in, like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, we use pigment ink, which is 200 years fade resistant for, for window cards, but, and that's deliberately why we use it, because when the sun hits it, if it's just a lasered effort, it just immediately, two or three days, it's, it's gone, it's bleached yeah. completely. Yeah, and the definitely. So you're right about that. Yeah? You know, we saw, it's certainly with that particular property that you're talking about in St Andrews, it was very much like that, and it was there was a very specific way of kind of opening that home up and then closing that home down. And actually, yeah. because of that, it made me think about my home. Um, and I know plantation blinds, I mean, sometimes they can be quite expensive, Jim, and there are cheaper ways of doing it. Um, you know, you can get firms in to do it, and it does cost quite a lot. But what we did, actually, is Billy went around and just measured all of our windows, and then we ordered them online from an online company. But what the windows are, it's the ones, you know, that they actually fit to your window frame. So yeah. it actually looks like it's part of your window. Mm-hmm. Um, much more economical way of doing it. It costs us about a quarter of the price. And actually, they're fantastic. And in the morning when I'm going out, I literally, at the moment, because it's been so bright, I just close them all in the morning, double lock the hinge, and it keeps the place beautiful and cool for when you come in. But when you're saying about the staining as well, I think it's not just carpets and furniture. A lot of homes now, and we see this, don't we, where they've got wooden flooring. 
um, yeah. or got laminate or something, and that really can bleach easily as well. So it's a good way of protecting your property as well. Yeah. Now I tell you what as well, ceiling fans. Now, they, it's like that. Ceiling fans are really hotter countries. They're really like Spain and stuff like that as well. Eh? Um, mm. But but believe it or not, next door where we lived before, we actually used a ceiling fan in the bedroom because it was just mm. it was intensely hot all the time. So that's nothing new to us. And we were actually talking about it recently about using that. I mean, Scott's got about five fans in his room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, going yeah. Different angles. And I'm thinking, why do you know, just open the window and close the blind? So it doesn't, it doesn't heat the place up. Mm -hmm. um, but literally, he's now bought himself an industrial fan. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, the only thing about fans is they just move the warm air from one bit yeah. to the other. You have to have a cooler source coming in somewhere. Yep. To, to actually cool the room down it's nice to be not be sitting in still warm air it's always better to you know it feels better if there's air moving at least it doesn't mm -hmm. feel psychologically quite as hot mm -hmm. but it is it doesn't actually cool the room but you can you can get one of these fans and you just stick a big uh, empty bottle you know a lemonade bottle or something fill yeah. it part half full of water and put it in your freezer and in the morning you just sit that in front of the fan, and the air that blows past that takes the coolness into the room. Oh, I never thought about that. That's a good idea. You also good get, idea. you know, notice in Spain as well, you get these ones that have the, you know, the I like what you said, but they have actually the spray water that comes out, mm -hmm. so it uh -huh. sprays water, and it just it blows out towards you and obviously hits you. I mean, mm -hmm. clearly, obviously, you've got to watch it for Legionella testing later on, and mm -hmm. you'd have to make sure you clean everything over a period of time. Um, but it's actually a really great idea. I mean, ceiling fans have come a long way since uh, the 1980s. Uh, you do, you have the classic styles, the Victorians, the modern industrial, and everything in between. Uh, but they now make uh, even a classier statement and uh, design statement. They're, they're large blades and and cool, uh, cool your room more effectively than floor standing fans, and they occupy an entirely unused airspace above you. Mm -hmm. You never really use that. Um, mm -hmm. You can also usually install them using your light fittings existing wiring, which is pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. But then they have two different ways. They can blow the air up, they can take the air up, or they can take the air down, depending on how you want it. So if you want to cool down, you send the air down. If you want to, um, if you want to heat up, you obviously want the air to go up because it pushes the hot air down um, by natural convection. So there's mm -hmm. two ways to use ceiling fans in your, in your house. Um, obviously, if you've got quite a low ceiling, that's not going to be a possibility, <laughs> especially if you've got your young, young kids and you're throwing them up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Daddy. Swinging around. <laughs> around. Um, so that's the sort of thing. So just to recap, you're talking about um, um, the drafts. Make sure you've got three drafts. Make sure you've got things like plantation blinds, possibly, vertical blinds, um, um, a horizontal, you know, um, Line, um, blinds as well um, to actually just close off the, the window from the sun when it comes round uh, just to keep it a bit uh, cooler. Um, I mean, effect, you know, effectively, I've seen it in my house. You go into the hall and there's no sunlight at all in the hall, so it's absolutely room temperature, if not a bit less. You walk into the kitchen, which is in the mainstream sun, and it is boiling. It is mm -hmm. like a greenhouse. And that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. We have, to close the, we have to close the blinds towards the afternoon because then that's when the sun comes round. So 
That's probably advice on there. What about um, what about other things, uh, Andrea? What other things can we do? What is the next sort of thing we can do? Well, there are such things called thermal barriers. So insulation, okay. uh, it comes in various forms and is generally viewed as a way to keep your home warmer in the winter. But it's equally as effective in keeping out the heat on blistering hot days. Yeah. So your options are with your windows, your modern double and triple glazing is argon gas filled um between the panes and it blocks out the transference of the heat or the cold through the glass so triple glazing has generally been recognized as extra effective for taking the chill off north and east facing rooms yep. in the winter but it can also keep south and west facing rooms cooler in the summer now how do you know you've got more up to date the most up to date double glazing uh, and i've got the answer to that uh, you notice there's a black strip rather than a silver or a gold strip in between mm -hmm. the glazing. That's mm -hmm. how you know you've got. I, I think it's the, I think it's the argon gas because the mm -hmm. argon gas actually yeah. doesn't. It, it maybe actually decays the uh, the gold and the silver, and um, so mm -hmm. they actually put a, they've got a black. I think it's neoprene um, seal out uh, throughout inside it. Someone that's got uh, double glazing knowledge will probably know this. Um, but that's that's how you know you've got the most up to date double glazing. If you've got silver, or you've got um, and and I think it's something like twenty two um, millimeter you're looking for in terms of the gap that's in between uh, eighteen mm -hmm. to twenty two makes it more efficient. If you've got the wee tiny stuff, you know from years ago with alu glaze or Everest, which is aluminium glazing, um, it's like two mil two millimeters. Um, that's probably most the most inefficient double glazing you can ever get. Mm -hmm. I, I would dare mm -hmm. say it's it's probably just single glazing to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we recently had our windows done. Um, so ours were fitted just in June there. Um, and we had CR Smith out to do ours. There are other companies out there that you can use people. But they are, you're right, what you say, it's got the black in them. But it was a lot of our windows that we went for. And what it does in the winter as well is it's got like a heat barrier inside. So as yeah. your room is heating up, other windows will will let some of that heat seep out but these have got like a barrier on them where actually it bounces and reflects the heat back into the room so it keeps your rooms warmer in the winter yeah. and cooler mm -hmm. cooler as well mm -hmm. and actually on that thing I, I was looking into um the scotland fund that you can get as well so if some people are out there and they're looking to perhaps energy trust scotland is that the one yeah. you're talking about well, there is that one, but there's also scotlandfundwindows.org, which is the government one. Um, and actually, I looked at it earlier on today, and you can literally, as soon as you go into it, Jim, it's scotlandfundwindows.org. Um, and as soon as you click on it, you can actually start the application process straight away to see if you qualify. And they will give up to £2,500 towards new windows. So again, if there's yeah. people out there who want to do it, but maybe just don't have the funds to do it all themselves, they may well qualify. Okay. I'm just having a quick yeah. look at that then now, yeah. um, just to make sure. Um, mm. Talk amongst yourselves, talk well, about the next subject, stuff like that. We, just make sure it's all culture. We uh, made an investment this year in a new roof for our conservatory, replacing the polycarbonate. Mm -hmm. uh, very inefficient roof with a, an ultra glass um, roof. I mean, it, it's just amazing. It's great yeah. to be able to see the sky through it, for one thing. Um, mm -hmm. But we're already noticing the benefits of it mm -hmm. and it's a room now that can be used all year round rather mm -hmm. than just in the well we couldn't even really use it in the summer because it was too hot and yeah. now we can sit in there we have our meals in there um it's really good but one thing um and and that was a company from Rosyth, by the way that did that because there wasn't any other comparable company um but they their agent told us that triple glazing 
Yeah. A lot of people think that will actually be better than double glazing, but actually it's better maybe for noise reduction. Yeah, I think noise is better. But, no, but not heat reduction or heat insulation because basically you've got the same amount of gap as you would have between the double glazing as there is between the triple glazing, but they just squeeze that extra panel in and the triple. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've put a couple of links on here um, to... Um, homeenergyscotland.org, which is finding funds and grants for stuff like that, and also the Energy Saving Trust, which is an actual uh, government-approved agency as well. So I'll put a couple of links on there. They'll have that link to the what you just talked about, Perry, as well, yeah. if that's relevant. So they're the main bodies that will actually administer any funds like that to these organisations. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully that will help everybody where in terms of that. Um, the, the walls, I mean, anything about the walls? Um, you know, what, what would we do with that? I'm covering wall insulation. What what does that mean? What's that all about? That's in here as well, actually. Energy Saving Trust Scotland. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the walls and like homes from 1930s onwards, built from then, often had cavity walls, and they can be insulated by drilling yeah. holes in the brickwork and filling the space in between with an insulating foam. It is a low cost, but they say it's highly effective. Um, I'm. Personally, I'm, I'm, I'm still out on that one yeah, because I, I think I, I, I can't I can't disagree with that, Andrea. I'm still yeah. nervous about the fact that you're closing a cavity and you're inviting moisture to come in. Yeah, you're causing a bridge. Yeah, yeah, and I and 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 that's what makes me nervous about the cavity wall insulation. I would say make sure your provider that does it is approved by somebody like the Energy Saving Trust um, in order to do that and make sure they give you the right advice. Um, classic example is Main Street and Methyl Hill. Um, there are some of the most of these properties can be done, but there is some properties that can't be done by cavity wall insulation because the cavity is too wide. Mm -hmm. It's actually too wide. And we had someone out to look at it um, on behalf of one of our, our landlords and they said, look, cavity is just too wide. We can't we can't do it because of that reason. And there is also difficulties with cavity wall insulation when you have uh, flats, for example, um, because uh, you can't just do one flat. If you, you can't do the top if the bottom's no getting done because then it all goes to the bottom. There's there's no way, because it's straight down, isn't it? And then you can't do unless next door's getting done. So you have to find the natural end to the to the, to the the actual wall where the cavity stops in order to do everything. So then you have to get consent from everyone in order to do cavity wall insulation. Now, I don't see how that could be a difficult uh, assumption because you're getting it for free on most occasions. But believe it or not, there were some people when I tried to get it done went, oh, I'm not really sure if I want that. And I'm like, you're getting it for free. <laughs> You're getting free cavity wall insulation. The word free doesn't spring doesn't doesn't give you any enthusiasm because it's free. But I know, oh, but we're, I'm, not I, really sure. I think that's... I'm not really sure I need to get that done. And I'm like, holy shit, it's the government's telling you you need to get it done for energy efficiency. I think there's this mentality about that though. We're all taught it, aren't we? There's no such thing as a free lunch. So I think I think we get a bit nervous when somebody says something's for free. You feel that there's something in it, don't you? <laughs> Uh, well, that that is the cynical aspect of it. But the thing is, it's an approved body. It's the government that's actually approved to do it. And it's they're actually providing the funding to do it. And it's like, how is that so difficult? Um, mm. But still, people are actually reluctant sometimes to get that done. So if you're out there and you've got, we've got the links in this post right now to the Energy Saving Trust Scotland, um, so you can actually just go on, find it for yourself. There's lots of other things in there for efficiency, um, like, you know, we'll talk about them in a wee while and they'll be on there as well. Um, so the walls in the home, older period homes, as I said, haven't had it so easy. 
uh, exterior insulation can ruin the appearance of them from the street for other mm -hmm. other organ other properties you've seen that before where the big high rises um, um have to get done and some of the ex-local authority properties have to get done as well um and they then have to do the other ones next door because it just looks unsightly because they're having mm -hmm. to put insulation on the outside panels because they can't do it on the inside because um, there is no cavity the way they were built and um, mm. often sometimes there may be um the steel frame structure uh, or there are no fines which is another one uh, another type of build as well um so they're, they're they, i mean technology is developing all the time with solutions like well the thermal block as i said um uh, coming up in the super slim strips of just well they're, they're like they're five millimeters but you still have to put them on you still have to finish them off so that's another one as well what perry what about things like uh, should we bother about floors and ceilings? I was around somebody's house the other day and they said, see under the floors, we've got big blocks, strip blocks underneath between the joists. Is that something mm. we should be doing? I think ceilings and floors are a good thing. Um, roof spaces can be not just insulated, but actually used as a functional place as well, aren't they? So we talk yeah. about that in regards to people working from home. So roof space is a big source of your heat loss. Um, I mean, it's something actually I remember as a child, my mum and dad used to say to me, oh, they must have an off a cold house or they must have an off a warm house. Because in the winter, when the snow used to be on it, you'd see some of the, the, yeah. the roofs would have white and other roofs would not have anything. So you kind of knew which ones were well insulated and which ones weren't. Because obviously, you what, up as a top tip, as a landlord, I used to wait till winter came. And when the snow came, I used to go around my stock and actually look at the roofs. Uh, and then I would see straight away if there was any energy, any heat loss, and if it was melted at any point. So then I would know where the, the, the problematic areas are. That it would be a telltale sign for me. So that's a wee yeah. top tip for investors out there. You know, if you've mm -hmm. got if you've got housing stock, go around when the when the snow's falling, you'll be able to find mm -hmm. out. You also find out as well when all your gutters um are problematic as well, because then you start to see the water overflowing um over the gutter. So that's another top tip for uh, investors mm -hmm. and landlords out there. So mm -hmm. um, the one as well, when you talked about roof space, Perry, um, the telltale sign is if your house is warm uh, during the winter and you immediately go up into the attic and it's bog tech, then you've got the right insulation. Yeah. If, it, if it's not and you got into the mm -hmm. attic and it's warm, mm -hmm. you know, fine, though, you've not got the proper insulation in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It should not be warm in your attic. It should mm -hmm. also be quite drafty. There should be a lot of airflow in there as well because you can't afford to just um, completely seal it off uh, from any airflow. So if you have got all your ventilation in, often as well they put in air vents into the actual roof as part mm -hmm. of the insulation measures just to allow the airflow to get in so that so you don't get that concentration of uh, maybe you have a leak and water comes in and then it's got nowhere to escape because there's no drafts. Therefore, it goes straight for the joists and the next minute you've got dry rot or wet rot depending mm. on which one it is i'm not really sure i'm sure it's opposite of one or the other i think if it's wet that's dry rot and if it's dry <laughs> that's wet rot maybe, <laughs> maybe a specialist out there will be able to tell me that um but it, it's you're absolutely right perry it's a, it's a it's a real good top tip what other mm. things have we got so well there's that because i mean obviously in the winter time it's going to mean that you're letting all your heat out so in yeah. the winter it's freezing but then again if you're not well insulated in the summer especially the heat we've been having just now, your houses could be roasting because you've not got the right insulation because everything's getting, all that heat's coming into the house mm. the same way that all the heat is going out of the house in the wintertime. Oh, I've got a barrier as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, you know, people do need that as well. So insulation um, on the underside of your roofs or between the ceiling joists um, are a real swift and effective way of doing it, isn't it? Yeah. And you can go down to any of the DIY stores and you can buy the, the big rolls of it that you can just do yourself. 
But as I say, get professional advice first before you go yes. and do a DIY job. Look yep. up the manufacturer's followed guidelines because they will probably tell you to make sure you put a wee bit of ventilation into your roof as well or get mm -hmm. some sort of ventilation through there. Yeah. And what about floors then? Well, with floors, I mean, if you're at street level, that can be a great thing because it can keep your house cool, but it also can let a lot of hot air in. So we're really warm just now, so that's something to be looking for. But if you've yeah. got a cellar, it's relatively simple to fit insulation panels between the joists if you've got a cellar as well. And some mm. of the, certainly in East Nook, we see that with quite a lot of properties, don't we? Because just of the age that they were and the functionality they had, because a lot of them were fishermen's yeah. houses, weren't they, where they had their cellars for stocking all their nets and their catchers and stuff, didn't they? Yeah. You, so see that's that quite a, you, do, you do see that quite a lot on held places. Castle Terrace in Kennaway, Myerside as well. They've all got under underfloor that you can get into the cellar through the outside sometimes mm -hmm. because they're mm -hmm. actually on a hill. Um, mm -hmm. So it is, it is an ideal opportunity to actually be able to do that quite easily and efficiently. Some of the other places, like, for example, my house, you know, one end you can get in comfortably, but the other end you've got to just be able to shimmy yourself up there. Now, I mm -hmm. can't get under there anymore, so I send the boys under. Now, <laughs> I tell you what, just they're over twenty, by the way, so it's no challenge. We did send them down the chimney or up the chimney to sweep them. Uh, it's like we don't have any chimneys anymore, and they're over twenty, so they're old enough. <laughs> it's no slave labour here. So before before anybody jumps on that, <laughs> we we've actually um, sort of just gone back to the ceiling hatches. We've another top tip for keeping your house cool is to open your ceiling hatch because um, the hot air will always rise so you may as well stick it up into the attic and ours has been down for days now so <laughs> mm -hmm. but we've the house that I live in uh, is a modern house but we have concrete floors on the ground level so we can't do anything with that I don't feel the house is particularly cold because of concrete floors do you know but... what I did uh, with the concrete floors we have a concrete floor from our old kitchen in our house and it was Mark Taylor actually put he says put a floating floor in it so it's literally just about two or three inches off the floor uh, of just a floating floor. Um, mm -hmm. And I tell you what, you walk in that room every single time and it is melting, it is boiling, just because they took it off the concrete floor and put a floating floor in. And as well, it allowed us then to put small radiator pipes underneath the actual floating floor. But it's only a couple inches off the, off the concrete itself. Yeah. And it's actually very, very effective for insulating. So... It means if you, you know, it, you do have a wee rise when you go into that room from the hall. I mean, but you're only talking about a couple of inches, so if you know it's there. But it also means if you're going to start putting floating floors in your house, if it's all concrete, um, then you're possibly going to have to raise the doors as well, and the door standards. Um, mm -hmm. Most companies new build are actually concrete um, floors as well. They just, they just, you could see that they just put a template down and they immediately just go straight for the concrete. They don't actually put an under. I, 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 you know, they don't put fountains in and put an under um, under the floor now uh, where people can get under. Um, so I think that's another thing. Uh, it possibly, I don't really, I'm not really sure. Maybe they do put a floating floor on top of that. And maybe that does insulate it. But I'll tell you what, if it's straight onto the concrete, that might come back to haunt them. Um, I have, Kennaway got some, Hawfield Gardens, they've got concrete floors um, all the way throughout. That's how they were all built. Um, they're actually some of them are actually suffering. It's called Blayheave slip. And um, so what happens is it's it's what happens is they put a massive vapor barrier down, so like really heavy duty plastic. It'll probably never um, uh, break or, or tear, but it does. Um, because over time the house unsettles a wee bit. So over the years, then you get a crack in the concrete, <laughs> and, and and possibly the 
well, you know what's happening next. The, the, the vapor barrier goes because the crack happens, this, the vapor barrier splits, and therefore you get blay heave slip, um, as it's called apparently. Um, and that could cause um, real problems in your in your property later on. So some of them, in, most of them in Hallfield, I think, have, have these sort of things because I've mm. got a property there. And that's kind of what happened, but it didn't happen. There was, you know, just a couple of cracks in the floor, but it wasn't that at all. But that's how I found out about it all. Mm -hmm. um, to make sure. So it's no uneasy thing to fix if it happens. Um, so that's an, another way with concrete floors, um, maybe to insulate concrete floors just to put that um, uh, put that um, um, uh, floating floor in uh, as, a, as a solution. Uh, what other things can we do? You've got lay carpets on top of them, under floors? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, carpets and laid timber flooring are a good way to kind of effectively thermalise your property. Um, but actually, you can also, if you like, and we see this in a lot of the properties that we that we go to, is people have the floorboards, don't they? They want the the bare flooring. Yeah. But if, again, that can cause drafts, can't it? Because it could be coming up and through the kind of gaps between the wood. But a good way around that is actually just to put a bit of sawdust in all the gaps, and then put a bit of epoxy resin on top, so it's quite clear and it just looks like wood. And then that Ooh. way, you're not you're not kind of getting all the drafts in, and you're not spoiling the look of the natural wood and boards as well. So nicely top. Good there. idea. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a really good idea. Um, okay, so let's get on to the real serious stuff. It's <laughs> mega expensive. Air conditioning or heat pumps. Is this something that we should really be focusing on? <laughs> Considering the so-called cost of living crisis, uh, mm. how wonderful it would be to step out of the heat and into a refreshingly cool space. As the zing of the air brings your energy back in the air conditioning, your brain starts ticking again. We have it when we go abroad, don't we? When you mm -hmm. go to places like Spain and that, they've got air conditioning in every single property, more or less. Apart from mine, because I'm a tight guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, but I'm on holiday. That's why I'm closing blinds and opening windows. <laughs> I just put the shutters down. That's it, and just keep it down and leave the cool air coming in through the wee gaps in the shutters during the day. I don't like air conditioning at all. I, I just don't like feeling like I'm in the freezer aisle at Tesco all the time. You yeah. know, <laughs> no. I, there I are other shops what, available. <laughs> I, this, this is how it was. This is how it was yesterday. Absolutely roasting outside in Edinburgh. And then I walked into, I can't remember where it was. It was one of the cafes or restaurants or that. And then subsequently walked right back out because it was so cold. And we were dressed for the outside, mm -hmm. you know, with just shorts and t-shirt on. It's like when you walked into there, it was like ice. It was just like sitting in a nice bath. And I thought, I cannot sit in here because it was mm -hmm. far too cold. So, mm -hmm. I mean, less than 3% of UK homes actually have air conditioning. Uh, and there's plenty of debate over whether it's actually needed. Uh, but given the online searches for air conditioned uh, spiked uh, and the heat wave, uh, the prospect of increasingly hot summers is clearly on people's minds. Um, uh, air conditioners as well can offers, uh, can actually act as heaters as well. Mm -hmm. So is this something that we could we could end up moving into later on as the so-called temperatures increase? Uh, now, given how few people have it, there's a, here's a quick, well, here's a quick rundown of the air conditioning and how, how a heat pump uh, might be able to do the same jobs with extra benefits. So air conditioning systems come in the two parts. It's an indoor unit and it's an outdoor condenser. While indoor insulation entails channeling out walls uh, to hide the power cables and the refrigerant pipes, um, 
a well-designed unit from brands like Dalkin and Bosch uh, can be unobtrusively um, unobtrusive when mounted on the unused wall space above your doorways. Nobody's ever used them. Apart no, from a window on the top, which was bizarre to me. <laughs> yeah, what, what was that all about? Well, the houses that put the wee windows in the tops. It was I like, know. as if we in some natural light into the hall. Why not just switch the light on? I know. <laughs> that cost money, Jim. windows above every single, every single doorway. It doesn't yeah. have any effect at all. Uh, mostly you uncover them as well, actually. When you go to decorate, it's like, oh, what's this? And it's, you know, mm -hmm. it's a, a wood paneling or something like that I'll put over it. It's like you take it off and it's like, oh, there's a window. It's like, I can look out. No, I can't look outside. It's looking into the hall. <laughs> so outdoor units generally need to go back, uh, need to go at the back of your property to preserve the street view. That's quite important. Uh, as they release the heat and look a bit bulky. Um, and so think about the location and the screening options. Some systems allow you to connect multiple uh, indoor units to a single outdoor condenser, as well as cooling your home. Modern air conditioning systems can also provide energy efficient heating in the winter. As I said, they double up um, and they use much less energy than electrical convector radiators. And you could even free up some space and, and some wall space because you're taking the radiator from the wall and you're actually putting it up at the top. Um, and when you think about it, is it not more effective to push the hot air down and the cold air down than it is actually to let it rise up? Because all, all it does in your radiator is just rise up and you're, you're relying it going round the room. So your mm -hmm. radiator's sitting here and the natural convection is meant to come under your door from the draft that you've now closed off, by the way. <laughs> that's the natural convection that's how they're meant to work that's why they've got fins on them inside them so then they go up the heat goes up and it goes into the radiator from the radiator and the, the draft goes up as well and it heats up when the draft goes up it goes circulates right around the room and it goes back round to the door again uh, and then we start again and that's what it was all designed to do and that's why you effectively put um, uh, radiators under windows but, but you don't need radiators under windows anymore because we've closed off all the drafts Mm -hmm. That's all it was there for. And plus the fact you end up putting your curtains over the top of your radiators. <laughs> it defeats the purpose completely. Hey, you put a radiator over my heat in the winter. And then the first thing you do is close the curtains at night and it goes over the radiator. <laughs> What's the point of that? Well, you house, put your curtains behind it and it looks awful. Uh, in our house, our window comes down too low to have a radiator in front of it. Which mm -hmm. is where I personally prefer radiators to be is under yeah. the window, because I wouldn't put furniture right in front of the window. So where's the radiator in our living room? Right behind where we've got to put the settee, so it's still getting covered. Yeah. So um, now the I, most uh, efficient because you've closed off all the drafts, there's no convection in a room anymore. The most efficient place to put it is behind the door, where it opens onto. That's what that's what most people. That's what most. Um, I, I'm, I'm you know if there's a plumber out there, it differs with me. <laughs> feel free to interject and actually give your opinion um watch though because you'll be deleted controversial i'll be banned you're off you're out that's it one strike and you're out um, so if you've got an opinion please make it nice um but it's true though it's actually that you know i used to think it was actually uh, ludicrous to put it behind the door as it opens so the door opens and it opens to the radiator at the back of the door um, so it makes it nice and efficient. Not the other way, by the way. Um, so it's at the back of the door, so it makes it nice and efficient. Because you're never ever going to use that space because that's where the door mm -hmm. opens to anyway. Um, so that's why they put it there, because there's no natural convection in the room anymore. 
because it's all been taken away with the draft proofing exercise. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why it's just, just put it behind the door. Um, mm -hmm. Often as well, though, because you've got TVRs, I think it is, on the radiators, the temperature, temperature controls. Oh, it's a bugbear of mine. Please, TVRs are to control the temperature in your room, not on the radiator. The hot water in the radiator is controlled to the temperature from your boiler. The temperature in your room is controlled by the TVR on the radiator itself. So if you put it to the middle one, that's usually about 20 degrees in your room, gets to 20 degrees, the TVR stops the radiator water coming through, therefore it cools down. The temperature starts to drop below 20 degrees, the TVR opens up the valve again, lets the hot water come in again, and heats your room up again. That's what it's designed to do. So stop thinking, oh, it's the radiator's really cold or it's really, you know, it's not as warm as it should be. Let's blast it up to the full amount. No, that's just letting the whole temperature in your room just go sky high. And then you go, oh, it's too cold. And you turn it away down at the bottom. And the next minute you go, oh, it's too hot. It's like, oh, my God. It's like, use it <laughs> for how it is. You could tell it's a bugbear of mine, yeah? <laughs> I, remember, I remember when winter was here, Jim. It was our first winter working together. And that was the first thing you did when you came into the building was go around and check all the radiators were set at the right thing. Because you walked in, you go, it's too hot in here. You <laughs> went in and fixed all the radiators. It's, too, it's, like, it's like the blooming, it's like the Sahara Desert during the, during the day. It's like flipping heck. It's like 40 odd degrees. I can go outside and cool down. <laughs> and outside, it's about 30 degrees. Um, and that, that's effect. So use the TVRs, how they're meant to be used. That's all about energy efficiency and heat measures and, and, and actually mm -hmm. controlling your costs. Um, so the heat pumps. So how could a heat pump do all that and more that I've just spoken about in terms of the air conditioning units? Well, although they can operate in a similar way as the air con for cooling and heating your home, they can also connect to your, your, to your water for heating the existing radiators our underfloor systems and to hot water cylinders for baths and showers. So completely it's a multifunctional system rather than actually an air conditioner. But do you see them do you see them often in homes, Jim, when you're going out and about? It's not something I've really seen much no. of. And and there's some people have actually started to put them in, but to be honest, I think they're costing an absolute fortune mm. to install. I mean, you know, some people are getting quotes at eighteen thousand pounds and thinks that's okay, and I'm like, what? That's, that's a lot of mental. Money. I, 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 oh, but we could save all that money over the next fifty years. You'll be dead in twenty. Why do you need it? You're not going to pass it on to anybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it just sounds expensive to me. I didn't realise they were that expensive, but it just sounds like a, it would be expensive, and I've not seen mm. it much, and that indicated to me that's maybe a reason why. Yeah, it's not cost-effective now. Now, what happens in most economies, this is what happens. It's all about opportunity cost or opportunity loss, isn't it? It's like when it comes to the point where energy prices go sky high, then you begin to realise that it now justifies the 30% saving it can give you because it's based on the current energy price. And therefore, when you say, okay, and the energy prices have gone up four times, and instead of it being a 20-year payback, this has now become a five-year payback. Mm. see how that's done yeah. so then it makes it justifiable to then go and get that type of system that happens every single time that's why when I worked with Tillis Russell we went from an, a, a coal fired power station to an oil fired power station and then a gas fired power station and all in the time that I was there and I was only there for about five years mm -hmm. because it just at the time the prices on these different utilities went up so much it made it more justifiable to change to a different type of system um, mm -hmm. for that reason and the payback was uh, you know perfect 
Um, the reliance of coal was obviously all the strikes and everything like that. And then said, well, we can't rely on that anymore. Um, so the move from coal to the oil and then the oil went up in price as well. And then they went, well, we can't rely on that anymore because it's too uh, costly. And what does it compare to gas? And gas was so cheap at that time. Well, it makes it justifiable to do that as well. So then they went and changed their gas and the gas prices went up as well. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're out of business. They no longer um, exist. <laughs> And and actually, they, went, I, they went to believe it or not, they went to biomass, and that's that was the biomass plant it was, it was put next to it. And the biomass plant was built, and Tillis Russell, I think, contributed about two million to it in terms of the cost. I think it was five million to build, and it was for the rest of the community. Obviously, it was going back into the it was not just Tillis Russell's, but they contributed it and says they would use it um, as a result at, at a cheaper rate for contributing the two million at the mm -hmm. time. Um, but then, so that you can see in that in that period of time how they changed it because it became completely justifiable. So, if energy prices keep going up, and this makes you this astronomical saving in comparison to other methods, then yes, you'll see a lot more of these being installed. Um, mm -hmm. is, I think the, the biggest deal breaker is the thousands of pounds it costs the homeowners. But the, the government does have some costs and measures to give towards that insulation. Uh, that installation now check with your energy supplier's website. But you can also check the, the links I've put in here for the Energy Saving Trust Scotland and the Home Energy Scotland as well. Now, mm -hmm. Energy Saving Trust Scotland also is Energy Saving Trust for the whole of the UK. It's just that I've got it on the Scottish link just now. So if you click on that link, it will you just change it to the to England, and England have their own measures as well put in by their government because the these these grants are actually administered by each individual uh, government um, in that country itself. Um, so it's the administration that actually administers itself for the for the people of that um, uh, country. Um, so mm. it's probably the biggest deal breaker. Um, mm -hmm. I think things? new houses. Sorry, I think new houses are now going to have to start yeah. being built with um, more energy saving well, I was driving past, or... um, past Kirkcaldy on the way to Edinburgh, and just as you're going to Randolph Industrial Estate across from there, you've got Barrett and Persimmon. You've got all these mm -hmm. new homes going in now. A lot of them actually have solar panels on the on the roof. But um, some of them don't, actually. And I was thinking, I thought it was a necess necessity for every single house to have something like that. So I don't know if it's different spec. Um, it may be a house builder. If, if, there, if there are guys involved in house building, why is it that some houses will have solar panels and some, some don't? Is it just a preference? Or is there a requirement by the government um, in planning to say that if you have a development, you've got to have X amount. It's maybe energy saving installed yeah, um, like that. Or, or you maybe have to have, if you don't have that, you maybe have to have ground source heat pumps or um, air source heat pumps because they're two different things. Um, or you might have to have a, well, you're obviously always going to have an energy efficient boiler because you're going to have a condenser boiler because that is mandatory. All boilers are condensers now. Um, and then you always have TVRs on every single radiator. And then you always have um, the, uh, you always have the other the insulation, the pipes as they go to the radiators. Uh, and then all these different measures um, to 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 make that overall saving, um, but but we don't realise that happens because it happens over a period of time, and that saves a mm -hmm. huge amount of money on your our utilities, um, and yet we still say that we spend a lot of money on utilities because mm. the energy yeah. comes. Yay! It's an opportunity to put the prices up. Well, I know. well, my mum, my mum's ninety, and she's having a wee bit of a meltdown with all the price rises, and she lives on her own in her own house. And um, she said, "I need to get a separate socket for the TV. I have to be able to switch my TV off at night. I can't leave it on standby because it's costing so much money." And I worked yeah. it out. 
you know, twelve pound a year to leave your television on standby. But and it's awful that the the old people are being made to feel that you know at ninety, who needs that stress? Yeah. Well, like my mum and dad, they think money's scarce and it's not. <laughs> I'll be honest about that because they don't. They don't. They don't have. I mean, they. You know, I think it's indoctrinated into us when we're young. Mm -hmm. It's like what you says, Perry. We're we're taught about the fact that. Um, oh, we're, it's going to cost us a fortune. It's going to cost us a fortune, and we don't actually look at what we've got or what we could forgo. And there's a lot of luxury items out there that people mm -hmm. get, and and it's like, well, well, just cut back on that, uh, and then that will obviously offset on that. Why, why would you need to sit and go through all that turmoil and torment and put yourself mm -hmm. through that? But we don't actually see that because we're completely blinkered by what's going on and, and what we're being fed. It's this what mm. we're being fed on. You know yourself. It's like you go on and they've got banners on the bottom, cost of living crisis on the television, on the news. They've got ticker tapes going on the bottom, cost of living crisis. They've got, you know, they're, they're going to have street parties and buntings next for cost of living crisis. That's almost how we're getting. It's like, my God. And then we get 0.1% in a quarter of growth, minus 0.1%. Oh, my God, we're in recession. It's like, hello, it's only 0.1 minus 1%. That's... It's only minus 0.1%. That's kind of break even. I wouldn't say that's really a recession right now. Recession to me is like we're in the dom, we're in the doldrums and we're like at five minus five percent and we're minus ten percent. But minus point one percent isn't it really a recession? But we're adamant that we're going into it. Everybody's beating that drum. So it's easy for the older generation to get locked into that system because that's what they rely on. They rely mm -hmm. on the television, they rely on the radio, they rely on the newspapers to tell them all that because that's how they get their information. And then they have people, the glory hunters on social media going, oh my God, the, the world's falling in. It's like panic. It's like, look, stop doing that. If you're coming on, give us practical advice. Don't talk about panic. Give us mm -hmm. practical advice. Tell us what we can do about it. Don't just, don't, don't just whip up a frenzy. I think mm -hmm. that's my advice. So there is people out there, it does have the means to survive and go on. Um, it's just that they don't realise it because they're so they're fed this blinkered approach to this. Um, so you're absolutely right, Andrea. Um, the money, I'm, I'm going to talk about this, money should go to the people that need it. And we need to administer a system to do that. That's my wee political protest for today. <laughs> it's true, though, because it is all you see on the news just now, and it is concerning. And I think people are now starting to feel... You know, whilst we're sitting now in nice warm weather, coming to next at the end of next month, you know, we're going to be really into the kind of autumnal weather coming in, and then you're coming into winter. And I think people are just feeling because they're watching this all the time on the TV, what's coming, what's coming, what's coming, and it does frenzy people rightly or wrongly. But you're right, yeah. it's um, what you say, Jim, and the fact that they're throwing all that at us, but you're they're not giving us any means yeah. or ways that we can help ourselves by fixing it. Yeah, and people like Martin Lewis is probably one of the best ones to give you the right advice to do that. So Martin mm -hmm. Lewis, money saving expert, probably the best advice to do that. We did a show the other week, Richard and I, how to save fifteen up to fifteen hundred pound a month, in in what you're doing right now. So even if you don't save fifteen hundred pound a month, you might get a couple of hundred out of that, out of the ideas that we've given everybody. So there's a, you know, that's another way of doing that. So it's practical advice people need. It's not somebody to come on and go, we're going into a crisis, and then get everybody else on the television to back that up for them. And just say, yeah, thought, we, are going, we are going in a crisis. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Oh, and then everybody goes, oh, yeah, we are. It's like, it's her <laughs> mentality, isn't it? Yeah, it totally. Is. 
No. I thought that Can was a I really good this? show, actually. If people haven't seen that show, watch it. But the best bit about that show was how you told people how they could get more money out of their bosses, Jim. I really like that. <laughs> the answer still no. <laughs> Anyway, but I think it's time, you know what, time you know to go why to the that is, the, the answer's about, you know, because I actually moved, I actually moved from one job to another and actually doubled my salary and got a company car. Uh, and it's and it's all as a result of what I did before in my previous jobs and the knowledge and expertise I acquired as it, and that allowed me then to take that massive leap. Um, and as well, during the process, I was able to get that because of all the things I did over and above what I was normally doing. So the... It's, 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 I can expand on that on, an, on another Wealth Creation show, but if, if anybody's not seen that, check that out on our YouTube channel, The Wealth Creation Show. It was episode 31, I think it was, The Cost of Living Crisis and How to Beat It. Um, anyway, let's get back to this all-weather gardens. What can we, you know, is, is the garden any focus in this? You know, should we bother? Um, what's your thoughts, Perry? I think we should bother. I mean, at the moment, we all know this, you know, creating outdoor space over the last two, three years since the pandemic's become a massive trend, doesn't it? Um, because everybody wants kind of garden shelters, garden rooms. Um, they're wanting to work from home. They're wanting to entertain yeah. their families there because we couldn't go anywhere else to entertain. So you saw this massive influx of people building outdoor spaces um, and there was a high de real good demand for it. But making your outdoor space usable all year round is obviously a big thing as well because they're great in the summer when they're nice and warm. Um, but what are you going to do in the winter when it's freezing? So it's yeah. about making sure that they're done as well. So Mother Nature always delivers, doesn't she, in regards to warmness and, and coldness. Um, but sh shade from tree foliage is always a good thing. It can block out 90%. So again, if you're like me, I used to be a real sun seeker. Menopause has got a lot to answer for, hasn't it, Andrea? <laughs> but I don't, like the, <laughs> don't like the sun and the heat anymore. So... The people at the back of us, they've got a lovely big tree in their garden. So depending on what my body temperature is like, depends where I sit in my garden in regards yeah. to where I'm going to go. Because it just gets too warm. I, I just can't stand it. It's too hot for me. Um, so it's really nice to kind of get that that comfortable feeling. So I like the coolness of trees and plants in your garden. Um, they also kind of reduce the humidity as well. So, you know, that yeah. catches in the tree. So when it's been really warm like that, it's, it's done that for me. Um, but keeping those rooms warm is going to be a big challenge for people. So again, temperature controlling is a good thing. You see people now with their garden rooms where they've got log burners in them for the winter time, which is grand, because they're always going to be warm in the in the summer months. But in the winter, stick a little uh, log burner in there. It's a great right. way to kind of burn down the planet while we're at it. Yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can burn logs, logs, not not things like that. All right. Logs, uh, so the, the key here is, um, but you can go undercover. Um, you can make sure you've got natural coolants, things like, you know, a basin or a pond in your garden to help reduce the temperature. Mm -hmm. uh, design the driveways, you know, asphalt absorbs the heat and can reach mm -hmm. a staggering 50 degrees on a, on, on a sunny day or just 25. To avoid the Luton Airport style meltdown of your driveway, choose brick, cobbles, pavers, uh, pea gravel, or even uh, a better design the look that beats the heat and ramps up your curb appeal. I think that's mm -hmm. the main thing out of the I think I mean there's more information in the article as well. We can go on forever about that. Yeah. But the one I want to talk about is use the sun to slash your bills. I mean this is a this is a this is a brilliant. I mean, hotter summers aren't all bad news. Uh, you can harness the sun's energy to en to generate solar power for your home and become less reliant on utility companies and their skyrocketing bills. 
Um, mm -hmm. Now, you can read more about that. And we, we did an actual energy saving measures on our previous blog and the actual link in here to the podcast, the show that we did. And also the article itself is the link in here on how to kill your bills. But here is a brief overview of that. Uh, solar systems are available for generating electricity in hot water. Uh, you can generally don't need planning permission to install the panels unless you're in a conservation area. Um, mm -hmm. or live in a listed building. So check with your local authority and check online as well. Uh, South-facing rooms are obviously the best. Uh, roofs are obviously the best. But systems for east and west-facing roofs are available. Or you could go for a ground insulation in your in your garden as well. Yeah. Uh, technology is advancing towards batteries that store energy for longer, which means you'll be able to keep the excess electricity for a, a quite literally um, a rainy day. Um, so that's another way. Now, I'll be honest. Did you know see things like that years ago in the in the films? You know, out in the prairie where they had the wee windmill going in, mm -hmm. in the in the films in the, yeah. in America and the, the you know the out the way out west thing. They had the, the wee windmill. Chaparral. Going, which is a turbine today, and then they had something like batteries and generators below it. And mm -hmm. it's like, wait a minute, are we being conned here? It's like, is this? Are we try to be? Are we? They try to sell us something that we already have and trying to package it up as a new thing and actually charge more money for it. Because I'm convinced we have all this anyway. It's just the fact that we're not utilising it properly. I mm. think most properties will end up, especially in Scotland, will end up with wee wind turbines, you know, mm -hmm. to, to capture the energy when the energy prices go a lot higher. What's your mm. thoughts on this, Perry? Oh, for me, I think it's something that will become the norm. Um, and I think it is a good way to do it. And I think when we see now that the way that prices are going, you know, Around 60% of the nation's electricity was generated by renewables over July the 23rd and 24th weekend. Yeah. Um, and that capacity is improving all the time, but that doesn't get promoted anywhere, does it? Because they don't want to yeah. let us know about that. That 60% <laughs> so, will probably be the whole of Scotland providing the whole of the UK, by the way. Yep, yeah. we, could, we could certainly <laughs> do that. that. There's, lots ways. <laughs> yeah, no, there's lots of ways to do that. You're, we're building the farms in the, in the North Sea and, and out in the Forth. There's like wave... Wave farms come in as well. You know, we've got all of our natural yeah. resources around us that can help us with that. And you that. factor in the two more energy price increases in October and January, and the return and the return on your investment is greater than ever. It makes absolute sense to actually start looking at these things now. Mm -hmm. So I think this is going to be the new sector which is actually going to rise. So mm -hmm. people that have got in this sector early and they're positioned perfectly for that increase and in, and in, in these sort of sustainable renewables. Um, so I definitely think that's an, an emerging market for us. We're prime positioned in Scotland to take advantage of that because of everything we've done before. Um, just to finish off then, what's the next steps, Andrea? What, what, what's your thoughts? Next steps, just a quick brief. Yeah, ensure that your home's a comfortable space to and place to live in is essential yeah. and protect its value and keep it in demand no matter how competitive uh, the market. Uh, so obviously if you are thinking of selling your home, um, you know, yeah. Come to us. Uh, we can do a, a walk through your home and give you any hints and tips what you can do um, to help improve it or let you know that everything's just fine to go. Perfect. Perry, what about yourself? Just to finalise on this, what's your thoughts on this all? I think my biggest thought is that there are so many things that can be done yourself to improve your home in winter and in summer months. But actually, it doesn't always have to have a huge cost to it as well. We've put the links yeah. on the post on the show. So there's ways there that you can actually apply for grants that will help you achieve that. Use it, go out there, be proactive and just kind of try and help yourself as well and educate yourself. We say this a lot in the shows, but it is about educating yourself so that you are in control of what's happening in your world. Yeah, there's huge measures you can do, especially coming into winter. Uh, yeah. Elaine Collier actually did this in the credit crunch. She actually had a blog, one of my friends, 
Um, the, the one was actually uh, take your old bed covers uh, and actually make curtains out of them mm -hmm. uh, to close off all the all the drafts and keep the keep the heat in and keep the cold out. And um, so that's another way to do things. So there's lots and lots of things to do out there. There's more information in this post itself. Click on it and listen to the podcast later on. Uh, and uh, if you need any advice, please feel free to contact us. We have loads and loads of blogs and vlogs on our websites. We've also got them on our YouTube channels. Um, I've got over 150 helpful guides that can help you through any process that you could think of to do with property and energy saving and anything like that. Uh, and that's it, guys. Uh, uh, thanks very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Enjoy Thank your you. day today and, and for everybody else as well. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye <laughs> from her. <laughs> <laughs>